You are listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. Visit us online at rolcf.org. Turn with me in the book of Proverbs. Book of Proverbs. We started this last week. Proverbs chapter 29. We're going to stay on this theme. And just take it in different directions. It says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. Let me explain it this way. If the Bible says that people cast off restraint where there's no vision. The Bible saying here that if a person doesn't have a vision, if he doesn't have a clear mental picture of what he is to do and where he is to go, he won't have any, he will cast off the restraints that would take him to go there. I've used the analogy, it's like wanting to go somewhere, not knowing where you wanted to go, and so you just get, in the, you, you just get on the highway and take off, and you start making left turns and right turns, and you don't know where you're going, so you don't keep yourself under any restraints. I know that if I want to go to Minnesota, I don't head toward Houston. So that's one of my restraints. I said, okay, I'm not going south. All right, if I want to go to Minnesota, I know I'm not going to go to the west. So that's another restraint. I choose, because of where I want to end up, the restraints that's going to keep me from going the wrong directions. That way I don't waste any effort and time. Does anybody know what I'm talking about, wasting effort and time and money maybe? You know, you, you, you cast off restraints. You knew you were supposed to go do something, but because you didn't have a clear mental picture, you cast off restraints and you started doing things with your time, your energy, and your money, and it caused you to go places and spend... Matter of fact, you spent that money anyway, right? But just not in a direction. See, I believe every dollar has a destiny. I believe that every, everything God brings into your life has a purpose to accomplish the destiny God's planned for you. And if we don't know what that destiny is, we're going to misuse what God's given us to provide that He's provided to get us to that destiny. Does everybody understand? God is our provider. He gives us everything that we need. He's provision. Get it? He provides for vision. So if you don't have a vision, everything He's provided, you either won't ever get your hands on, won't apply it, or if you have it, you'll misuse it and never get there. That's the importance of... See, if I want to go to Minnesota, I'm not going to go to the south. I've made, a, I've made a personal decision. I'm not going southward. I'm not going to go to the west, and I'm not going to go to the east. I know that if I go north, I'm going to get going toward where I want to go. Now, when I get closer, I'm going to have to make some other restraints. See, there's times you put on restraints. I mean, you're, you're going, it's, you're, your vision is going to determine what restraints you need to put in your life to get you where you want to go. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning in the book of Romans chapter 6. If you turn there real quickly, Romans chapter 6, verse 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8, I do believe. In verse, uh, Acts, Romans, Romans chapter 6. Starting with verse 3. 
Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. Notice it says that we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. In other words, what this passage of Scripture is saying is that there is a new... See, a lot of times what happens in churchdom is that we get this martyrdom thing. See, one of the things I learned in the Marine Corps was this. As a matter of fact, it is the probably the predominant message that I heard when I was in the Marine Corps. It was the first glimpse of, oh, that is life-changing. What they told us in the... See, I was already... When I went in the Marine Corps... I went in the Marine Corps, I was ready to be patriotic. I was going to give my life for the country. You know, that's what being patriotic is when you're willing to give your life for your country. You know what they taught us in the Marine Corps? He said, make the other people patriotic. Make them give their life for their country. And you live for yours. Now that's just not... Oh, just fancy little words. Listen to what... See, God has never called you to give your life for the kingdom. God's never called you to, give, to die for your belief. You don't have to worry about raising up your life. Oh, I've got to get to the place where I'm going to... I'll be willing to die for the gospel. What's up with that? The Bible, the gospel says that we'll never die. If we live, it's not a matter of getting us to, to be a self-martyr, to, to go out and live and to woe with me and be sad and miserable and suffer and waller. Listen, it says that in baptism we identify with his death that we had. But now we walk in the newness of life. It's not about dying for the gospel. It's about living for it. Are you willing to live for what you believe, not die for what you believe? Live for it. God doesn't need people dying to get in the kingdom. He needs them living and subduing and taking charge and, and, and making a difference. See, that's people that have the gospel in them and they're living and they're making an impact. Man, I tell you what, there's something about the body of Christ that just, we need to, see the first thing you need to do when you got that vision ahead of you, first of all, you got to realize that there's life, not death. Does everybody understand the difference? There's life, not death. The reason of the gospel is for you to live. Paul says it this way, the life that I now live in the, I live by faith. In the Son of God. Last week we read the, the scriptures in, in, in Hebrews talking about running the race that is what? Set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before Him. See, joy is life. He didn't look at the suffering he was going to go through. He, looked, he said, now he, he knew the suffering he was going to go through, but he looked forward toward the, in other words, he was willing to go through what he had to go through so he could experience 
the life. This morning we're going to talk about three basic things in your life that you need to... First of all, before we can even go there, we need to understand that it's, it's almost like drying, uh, drawing a line in the sand. You know, there's some people that come to church all the time, and that's fine. I'm glad they do, because it gives us an opportunity to affect them. I, re- I really want to affect everybody. I really do. Ones that are hungry, I want to affect you to be hungrier. Those that are thirsty, I want you to, I want to, I want to hopefully stir you up to be thirstier. I, I want, you know, those that are just questioning and asking questions or maybe here because out of tradition, listen, I want to, I want, I hope to show you something in the Word that's going to change that and cause you to be passionate for the Word. You know, that, that's my responsibility. That's my call. The Scripture says make your calling and election one. Sure. I haven't been elected to die. I've been elected to live. See? It says, make your calling and election sure. But it's, it's like this line in the sand. You know, first of all, you've got to decide, okay, am I going to be normal? And I'm going to say it carnal. Am I just going to live in what the world has for me to live and go to church and say, okay, I love God, but are you going to step across the line and go, okay, I'm committed. I want God's best for my life. Are you willing to do that? See, first of all, you've got to ask that question. Are you willing to step across the line? Are you willing? Are you willing to let God or Jesus, are you willing to let someone else be in control of your life? That's the first step. That's the first thing you've got to do. And if you're willing, if you're willing to step over that line and say, yes, God, I want what you've got for me. If you want to live in what God's called you to do, this message is for you this morning. The first thing you need to know know is you need to know the end before the beginning. Number one, if you're taking notes, you need to know the end, excuse me, the end before the beginning. Does everybody understand what I'm talking about? Anybody was here? The tree was over here. There was a big tree up here. We've moved it since then. What did it represent? In the beginning. In the beginning. We had something else over here. I think it was this column. It represented Calvary. When was Jesus slain? Well, He was crucified here, right? In this timeline that we're marking off. He was crucified here, but the Bible says that He was slain before the foundations of the world. That in God, way over here, God's plan was already done before He started, before He even put put it in motion, it was already finished. See, we need to understand the end before the beginning. Let me give you some other... See, Noah built the ark. He knew what it looked like because he saw it in heaven. Moses built the tabernacle out of an example he saw in heaven. Throughout the Bible, God says, build it according to what you see in heaven. See, it was already done in the Spirit. It was already accomplished in the realm of God. Our Father who art in thy kingdom come on earth 
as it already is. See the, see the principle? It's already done. It's already finished. It's already complete. So now may it be the way you want it to be here as it is there. See, that's all you got to do in your life is know the end, to know why you're on this earth. That, that, that's, oh, that's where I need to go. See, it's God's purpose for us to be, to be conformed into the image of Christ Jesus. It's no longer I that live with it, Christ that lives in me. Well, guess what? It's already finished. You can't become something that you're not. We learned about on Wednesday night in heart physics class. If you tell yourself that you've got to become something, you're also, you've just told yourself that you're not that something. And with the same energy, you compel yourself to try to become something you're not. You're reassuring yourself that you're not it and you won't ever get there. It's a powerful thing. It's called the law of physics. Where every action, there's opposite and equal reaction. So the harder you try to become something, the more you're solidifying in your heart that you're not it. And you'll never walk in that power. See, but if you already know who you are in Christ Jesus, if you already know that it's not you that live with Christ that lives in me, if you already know that your spirit man is perfect, pure and holy, and knows has the mind of Christ, if you already know the finished work of Jesus is already done in you, and that is your clear mental picture, guess what? It helps you put off the sin that so easily besets you. It helps you cut the weight that slows you down from running the race that is set before you. See, if you know the end before the beginning, then you can do the next step. Then you can go on. You, have, you must know, you must make your calling and your election sure. I mean, this is powerful. One, one of the, and th this could, we could spend months on all this. One of the first principles that Paul Paul, the Apostle Paul, did while he was doing this and teaching this himself. Remember, he was a Jew of all Jews. And he said, this one thing I do. He said, in the process of going this way, right? In the process of heading toward what God had called him to do, there's one thing that he did. You know what that was? Forget the past. See, for him to go that way, he had to let go of all that behind him. See, some of us aren't willing to let go. Well, back in... Man, I liked it back in the 1990s when you say, ought five. I always like to say, ought five. Oh, back in ought five! You can't do that now. That was only a couple years ago. Uh, back in... Back in the 60s. See, that doesn't sound as good. I like that. Anyway, just let go. God's called you to go somewhere, do something. He's called you to be who He's called you to be. It's already done. Say, be ye holy for I am holy. See, inside you're already holy. See, because it's already done, that compels you. Yes, it's already happened once, now it can happen again. See, because it's happened again and because you already are, that gives you the power and the, the ability to determine how you need to make that happen in, in your, the realm of your soul. And once your soul gets in line, then your body's going to be in line. But see, it's all because of your vision and having a clear mental picture. Here's the next thing you need to do. Number two. 
Write it down. I tell you what, church, it's a simple, simple truth. I don't care what kind of... You, you can have the most dramatic visions and dreams. You can have the most awesome stories. You can have some of the greatest goals in life. But if you don't write them down, you will forget them. God told Moses to write his words down. Make them clear. Throughout the Bible, God says, write them down. If you want to be successful in what you, that clear mental picture, write them down. No, I'm serious. Write them down. No, I mean, sit down one day this week, say, okay, I know God's will for my life is to be conformed into the image of Christ. I know I'm already complete in Christ. In heavenly place, in the realm of my spirit. I know my spirit man is perfect, pure, and holy. How am I going to get my thoughts in line with my spirit? Write it down. Number one, I'm going to study the word. You're going to write that down. It says, I'm going to study the word. Now, how much are you going to study the word? Well, you're sounding like you're getting legalistic. Yes, I am. You know why? They're called restraints because you got a clear mental picture. It's not because of your righteousness. It's not for you to be holy. It's because you are holy. You're bringing restraints on your life, saying, for me to walk the way God wants me to work, walk, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I can't tell you what those are because some of you are doing some things that some others aren't. Some of us have habits that we need to stop. I believe, listen, I, you know what I'm praying for you? I'm praying that this year you're going to be able to overcome habits that you don't want to. Does anybody have a habit that you do that you don't want? Raise your hand. Now see, let me, let me show you what happens. For those that have that habit and didn't raise your hand, next year you're still going to have it. Because you weren't willing to even raise your hand. That means you're not even willing to deal with it. I'm going to ask one more time. How many people do something you don't want to be doing and you want to get rid of it this year, raise your hand. I'm raising mine. Because I want to get rid of it. No, I'm not going to tell you what it is. <laughs> you show me mine, I'll show you yours. No, no, we ain't going there. But I want you to get rid of it. You know why? It's not because God's going to love you more or God's going to love you less. It's because it's a restraint. It's keeping you from being conformed into the image. It's keeping you from walking that process. Oh, come on, church. We need to... Yeah, some of us... See, all of our lists will be different. You need to write down ten things that you need to do to bring restraint on your body. Good word that came up last week in the back says, says present, yourself, uh, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, which is reasonable service. See, there's things in your body. I'm choosing to take care of my health more this year than I did last year. That's a personal thing. That's on my list. No, it's not a bucket list. Because bu the bucket list is due before you die. No, this is a bucket list that you're going to do so you can live. It's not about dying. It's about living. So I'm gonna, there's some things. I'm not going to give you all my list because I don't want you to look like me. 
I want you to do in your life what you know you need to do. And guess what? If you fail, you get back up and you do it again. How many people know when you're on a diet, Crystal? I'm sorry. Did I, I'm sorry, just that you can try real hard, but when you can't come across that surf, soft serve ice cream, it's hard to resist. But girl, you get back up. You forget that. You forget that. Stay out of my door. No. <laughs> you forget that two pounds that you gained because you ate the soft serve. You get back up and you go again. See, I'm, I'm living what I'm preaching, see? She found that candy bar wrapper in my office. <laughs> and in the other office. <laughs> she didn't find that other one, though. No. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? But you've got to write them down. You know why? Because you'll forget it. You know how you know you're really committed? This is going to hurt you. You know how you know you're really committed? Here's my list. Oops! Accountability. You need to find your Elizabeth. Number three is find your Elizabeth. Elizabeth was Mary's, the Virgin Mary and Elizabeth. They had an accountability program. See, Mary had gotten the word of God. God, God had spoken to her heart, had told her, that this was going to happen to her. She received it. She said, yes, it's going to happen to me. And what'd she do? She put on some restraints. Actually, she got rid of some things in the refrigerator. She got rid of some deadheads called family. People that didn't believe like she believed, didn't understand what she understood. Tell you, you hang around people that don't understand what you understand and believe what you believe. Doesn't mean you have to forget your family or forget your friends. But you will be influenced by who you hang around. The Virgin Mary, with Jesus in her womb, went and hung around Elizabeth, who already was six months pregnant with a miracle in her own. That's powerful. This right here is powerful. She's your Elizabeth. You need Elizabeth. That's what fellowship is about. That's strong. Husbands and wives need to be accountable one to another. And men, there may be some things. There may there may need to be some things that that you go tell another man about. Say, here's my list. Don't tell nobody but pray for me. The fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Are you saying there's some things you shouldn't tell your wife? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. There may be a day when you do but there's some things in our lives that we need to get victory over. And you can't tell it. There's, there's some people in here have secrets that they had. You can't. You're too scared to tell. Listen, as long as it's. You know, you know the power of witchcraft? This isn't in my notes. But you know what makes witchcraft powerful? Everybody heard of witchcraft? 
It's real. You know what makes it powerful and keeps it powerful? Secrecy. If it's exposed, it has no power. Confess your faults one to another. I have personally done this with my wife, men. I wished I could have had someone else there too that I could have done, not to her. It hurt to tell her. But the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous person availeth much. And it's once something came out of being secret, it lost its power instantly. Instantly. The reason I say that there's some things that you may not need to tell your wife or wife you may not need to tell your husband, because if a person's self-worth is still established in your performance and you devastate your performance in their eyes, you're going to devastate them. I'm not saying don't be honest. I'm saying get healed. And then let the Holy Ghost bring everything else in life. If you go telling stuff to people that aren't their self-worth is not established in Christ, you'll devastate the relationship. There's been lots of relationships just destroyed because people go blabbing stuff that they shouldn't have been blabbing. All in the name of church. Okay? So that's not just not, it's not about just blabbing. It's about to the right person. Confessing it. Getting it out there. So number one, know the end before the beginning. Number two, write it down. Number three, find your Elizabeth. Find somebody that you can come alongside that's going to help you walk the way you need to walk the checks and balances. Now, I'm not saying that you put this person in your life. Listen, there, there's a part of this accountability thing, and I know we, take it, we just take it way out of whack. Listen, you're accountable to God. You understand? But that person that you confide into is a reminder of your accountability to God. I mean, I know people trying to be accountable to that person over there. How can you be accountable to that person and you can't even be accountable to God. You know, I would think it would be easier to be accountable to someone who can do something about it. You know, God. So that person really is just a, it's a, a connection. You know, every time, you know I, every time I see Frank, I think, Frank has such a great teaching on finances. I mean, because it just emanates from him, every time I look at him, I, I think, I, you know, what, you know the, the words I hear every time I look at you, Frank? Partnering with God. How many? T- Does he not say that more? Than, I mean, partnering with God. That's his. That's his thing about you know the the first fruits offering is is partnership with God in your business. You know that's. The, I mean, there's going to be people in here. But anyway, let's go on. Number one, you need to know the end before the beginning. Write it down. Write down the end before the beginning and then set your parameters, at least 10 of them. That, now, this is just practical. Now, some of you will just walk out of here and not do this, but guess what? It won't affect you. It'll just be another one of those Sunday services. And you'll come back next Sunday and go, well, why am I going to hear this week? 
Write it down. Find your Elizabeth. Or Jeffrey or whatever the name is. You know what I'm saying? There's no Number four, speak the word. Speak the word. Let the word come out of your mouth. We just heard a great message two weeks ago, didn't we? About the word coming out of your mouth. Anybody, anybody still see that face that you saw when that message was being taught and you spoke? Have you been speaking that word? Have you been telling the, the heavenlies? Have you been confessing that, that that man or that woman is a child of God, fully pleasing and complete in Christ Jesus with all the power of the resurrection available to them? And Father God, I hope someday you can show them in fullness. They'll come to an awareness of your glory that you have for them and the life that you have. Are you praying that way for your enemy? Are you still calling them your enemy? Oh, hope, hopefully not. Hopefully your prayers have changed your heart and you're actually praying God's best for them, that they prosper and be in health, that they walk according to your will, O oh God, and just begin to let the words come out of your mouth. Are you still doing that? See, I know it was probably done the first day. Monday, Tuesday, and then Thursday. Oh, we missed a day, didn't we? See, that's kind of what happens. Because we don't write it down and we don't look at it daily. The scripture says this that I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling. What does that mean? It means there's the vision. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling. That's where God wants me to go. Here's where I need to do. This is what I need to do today to get there tomorrow. And every day I need to look at this 10 list, this list of 10 things. And I need to go along in life bringing these restraints on my life because I want to get there where God wants me to go. And I'm willing to bring restraint. God's not going to bring restraints on you. You know what happens in the world when you don't put restraints on you and you break the law? The government will put restraints on you. Why? Because they want you to be a good inmate. They got a vision for you. It's not to bless you. It's not to prosper you. It's to incarcerate you. And so because they got a vision, they put you in restraints. And they keep you walking in line, one right behind each other, following the person ahead of you because they've already done what you, they're already going where you need to be. Chow line. Do you see the picture here? Restraints will get you where you need to go. I hope to choose God's plan and not the world's plan. You understand? Don't cast off restraints. Put them on. Get those ten things that you need to do. You may need to get up every morning and ask the Holy Spirit to give you the grace for the day that you need to have. You may to get up and read the word, study to show yourself that you're approved, a workman, rightly dividing the word of truth. You may need to pray for other people more than you pray for yourself. You may need to stop and pray three times a day. Listen, there's religions out there that do it six. And they're pretty committed. You know why? Because they got restraints. Who said it? Scary? Yeah. But it happens because they have restraints. 
don't know the church. Oh, no. We don't have any truth. Free. Oh, do what I want to do. Go where I want to go. Say what I want to say. Yeah, uh-huh. And to get nothing done. Listen, I want to live. I don't want to die for the, my belief. I want to live for what I believe. What do you believe? I believe that it's God's will for me to be conformed into the image of Christ Jesus. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. Do you believe that it's God's will for you to be conformed? Listen, the scripture says that He predestined. He predestined the process of you being conformed into the image of His Son. He's predestined this process. I challenge you that today some, that you'll go home and write down See, some of you may need to write down that you're going to go home and write down. Because you're going to forget to write down. But guess what? If you forget to write down, get up and commit to writing down again. Why? Because you're already righteous. You're not doing this to become righteous. You're getting it. You're, you're doing it so you can walk in righteousness. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the victory. Walk in the kingdom and the word of God. It's easy to walk in this world. We're already doing that. God didn't send Jesus here to get us to walk in this world. Jesus came to bring us life and life more abundantly. See, He didn't come to bring us death. He came to bring us life. Change your grandchildren's grandchildren's future, church. Amen? Father, we thank You for this Word this morning. We thank You for Your Word. Holy Ghost, You're the great teacher. Simple ten little things. A step of four with ten to guide us. Knowing the end from the beginning. Mm, that is so powerful. Knowing the end before the beginning. And once we know, mm, we write it down. And while we write it down, we make a list of ten things, of restraints, things that we're going to put on so we can go the direction we want to go. And some of those things may be to cut off things in the past. Letting go of so we can put on. The Bible says to put off the old man. Put on the new. You may need to let go of that old man. Guess what? It's still growing corrupt. That's what the Bible says. Find your Elizabeth. Get around people that can help you. And number four, speak the word. Declare what God has decreed. Declare what God has decreed. Speak the word. To yourself about yourself, first of all. Look in the mirror. I've actually got the mirror church. I wrote it down. Crystal, is it not in our house? We got a mirror that says justified, holy, 
redeemed. Every time we look in this mirror, we see what the Word says about us. We've written it on the mirror. In your mirror, in your bed, bathroom, put notes on the mirror so when you look in there, you go, oh, I'll read these. That may be one of the things on your list to do. I'm going to make it. I'm going to just leave a spot. Listen, you, you know what you look like. So do we. <laughs> no, just kidding. You're more than a conqueror. You're God's pleasure. You're the apple of His eye. You're His son and daughter. You don't have to do anything to please Him. You already are. And because of that, you will please Him. This is such a powerful truth, church. It changed your life forever. It really will. It'll cause you to live and not die. It'll cause you to subdue and take charge. It'll cause you to make a difference in the world around you. Mm. Holy Ghost, thank you. Thank you for your word. And if you received God's word this morning, Say amen. God bless.